Welcome to Enterprising, a podcast from Enterprise Bank & Trust that's empowering business leaders one conversation at a time. Each week, we'll hear from top business professionals about lessons on leadership and entrepreneurship that they've learned along the way. I'm your host, Alana Mueller, an entrepreneurial executive leader whose primary focus is to connect, inspire, and empower community. We at Enterprise Bank & Trust thank you for tuning in to another episode. Listeners, we're cooking up a delicious episode for you today. From their famous all-natural, free-range, crispy fried chicken to tart and puckery lemon meringue pie, husband and wife chef owners Colby and Megan Geralts have spent a decade serving up chef-driven comfort foods based on traditional Midwestern recipes. The couple opened Rye, their first upscale urban farmhouse concept in December 2012 in Leewood, Kansas, to rave reviews. Made in America, a modern collection of classic recipes, a cookbook featuring many of the restaurant's signature dishes debuted in the spring of 2015. With the success of their first rye location, the Geraltses opened a second rye location on the Country Club Plaza in November of 2017. The Geraltses have continued to grow their hospitality brand to include a robust workforce of 150 employees while simultaneously nurturing the careers of notable alumni and friends. I must admit, Rye is not only one of my favorite local restaurants in the Kansas City area, but I've been going to their restaurants for many, many years. So I'm delighted to welcome Colby and Megan Geralt to Enterprising Podcast. Welcome. Thank Thanks. you so much. Thanks for having us. Well, I am delighted to have you both here. As you heard, I've been a fan of your fare since the days of your first restaurant, Blue Stem, in Kansas City's Westport neighborhood. And Megan, if you would kick off our conversation by sharing what prompted you and Colby to get into the restaurant business in the first place. Well, we grew up in separate parts of the country, but similar. I'm originally from suburbs of Chicago, and Colby's a Kansas City native. And we both were in and out of kitchens in our younger years, both in our high school days. We fell into loving just the environment of being in restaurants and kitchens and kind of that camaraderie that you have that I think is no other than what a kitchen can provide or a restaurant community or a family is what it really truly feels like. And we both were creative people. We like to work with our hands. We're not sit at a desk kind of <laughs> personalities. And from an early young age, we both fell in love with restaurants and continued on. I had went to culinary school in New York, got a degree in baking and pastry, and Colby was at Johnson County Community College for culinary as well. And then from there, you just network and you meet people and you move on to other cities. And we've kind of, we did that to grow and learn before we came back to Kansas City to open our own restaurant. So a little bit of a nutshell there. <laughs> I love that. And I want to, I'm going to circle back actually on some of that. But Colby, you and Megan have been recognized with numerous awards and accolades from many recognizable organizations like James Beard, Food and Wine, The Wall Street Journal, Saver Magazine, and Bon Appetit. How do you stay grounded and also maintain your creative entrepreneurial spirit with so much attention being paid to your work? I think it's just been kind of a marathon and not a race. Started when we opened Blue Stem. And I think that at the time we were young and that was kind of part of the business plan or part of the game plan was in that era in the early 2000s, that's kind of how you got your name out there. It's the way you filled seats. So the award side of thing was something that we focused on very early on. And then it just kind of came pretty naturally. And 
I don't know. I mean, we're pretty humble. Introverted is not quite the word, but we're kind of grounded people. And and it just, to us, it was just kind of came with the territory and we just kind of let it manifest into where it is now. Yeah. A lot of the chefs that we both worked for, I mean, they were all beard award winners or their restaurants were highly celebrated. And so for us, that just seemed like part of what chefs did. did what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So it wasn't like it was something set aside or taking you away from your roots. So I really like that. That's nice. Megan, I'm going to come back to, you were talking about keeping relationships going. And I want to ask you about your relationship base and how that's played a role in your success. So starting from the first restaurant in Westport, did your clients follow you to each new location? And and did you have to start from scratch? How did that work for you over the years? Well, we truly started from scratch at Bluestem. I mean, looking back at it, it's almost laughable. I mean, we opened our restaurant when like smoking sections were still a thing and (laughs) reservation books were still handwritten. I mean, it was in the days when open table was brand new. Yeah, we had a cash register and we opened. We didn't even have a cash register. (laughs) Yeah. So we truly opened. I mean, Bluestem would be 20 years old this March of 2024. So back in those days, there wasn't even social media. I mean, there wasn't an announcement of like coming soon, check us out. Here's a restaurant. I remember we printed off flyers and made our own brochures basically and hand delivered them to the Kansas City Star and the pitch and any local publications we could just to get our name out there and just some kind of buzz that something was happening. And I think at the time, it was a good time for Kansas City where they needed something new and Colby being a native of the region and the city rather, he knew what kind of buttons to press in town of where to be and who to talk to. And we just did it naturally. And through that time, the demographic of who comes to Rye and Bluestem is very similar, but there's also some differences. I mean, Midtown is a one part of the city. And then opening in Leewood is a totally different part of the city, uh, more suburban, more people that like to stay closer to home. So I do think we've reached beyond a few different types of clientele with the opening of Rye. But the core that I think people would go back and forth when Bluestem was still open. And then, of course, when we opened our plaza location. Well, and I think about the way that I originally, when I first moved back to Kansas City now, a long time ago, I remember a girlfriend of mine was working for, at the time, Nation's Restaurant News. And she wanted to know if I had heard about that cool restaurant in Westport called Bluestem. And that's how I first learned about your restaurant and learned about the two of you. So I think that so much of it is word of mouth, but you're obviously delivering a quality product that people want to come back for. So it doesn't surprise me that after you were able to generate some of that word of mouth, you actually got people to come back, uh, not just to Bluestone, but then to follow you to Rye. I think a lot of it too was just the quality of work we were doing at the time. And even what we do at Rye, a lot of the principles that we did at Bluestem spilled over. Obviously, it's a lot bigger. It's a lot higher volume. But you know, just the attention to details is important. It's a more casual concept. I mean, Bluestem was our baby for many years. But it was also a place that our family, they would come. But we wanted a place that we could take our little kids at the time. They're now 13 and 16. But for, you know, if we wanted to pop in and have family dinner, I mean, Bluestem wasn't always that kind of environment, maybe in the lounge, but it just kind of became out of a want for selfishly for us to have a family restaurant in addition to our fine dining restaurant at the time. That's neat. It kind of leads me to something else I wanted to ask you about. Colby, what's something that you're working on now that you're especially excited about? So right now, come this spring, we are the consulting chefs on the current 
project, the stadium. Oh, neat. Yeah. That is our focus right now. And we just had a Zoom call this morning with the chef and one of the managers with the stadium. And we've got opening dates and we need to get together and make sure we nail down everything. So that's really our focus right now is on the current stadium. So for listeners who may not be familiar with The Current, talk a little bit about what is The Current? What is KC Current? The KC Current is the women's professional soccer team here in Kansas City. And they're getting ready to open up the very first women's pro stadium in any sport ever. In the world. Yeah. In the world. Kansas City. So amazing. (laughs) So So amazing. Well, that's so neat that you're involved in that project. And I'm sure that for whatever challenges it poses, you're going to have such a blast working on that. That's great. The leadership there and everything that's going on right now, it is, uh, we're so excited. It's going to be incredible. It's definitely Mm -hmm. a high focus on local efforts. We've helped select a lot of local partnerships for other restaurants and chefs to be a part of it. Very sustainable, allergen friendly stadium, which is new, like everything's state of the art. So it's going to be really exciting for Kansas City and soccer fans alike, but cool to be a part of it. How did chefs or restaurateurs engage with you or how did you engage with them to become part of the project? We just kind of put together a list of our favorite people and the people that we thought had products that would really fit well, stuff that's consistent, operators that have the capacity to do something outside of their walls and understand what kind of project it is. So yeah, I mean, we just, we ran, I think everyone we talked to ended up wanting to be a part of it. So yeah, absolutely. And some of them you'll see familiar faces like Joe's Kansas City Barbecue is going to have a sandwich featured. And then you've got places like Billy's Groceries that their whole center of their business is gluten-free, allergen-free, female-owned. So it made sense to have them a part of the project. So it's an ever-growing list. I know that through the years, we'll probably see some people come and go just with availability and time for their project, but it's going to be really great start up here in spring. So special. I really like that. Well, so thinking about not only your own business that has developed this new business that you're helping to kick off, what's the best piece of professional advice that you've received? And I know that even your kids, at least at some point, have been their own sort of young budding chefs. What advice do you impart to them about the joys and challenges of business ownership? Coley, why don't you start us off and Megan, join us? The biggest thing I've ever learned about the restaurant business is it's something that you truly have to be kind of when I say born in, not in the physical sense, but that's the only thing that Megan and I have ever done in our entire lives. I've never had a job in any other line of work ever. So I think that's really important in the restaurant business on the professional side of it is just to realize that it's kind of a lifelong journey. And if you want to be a part of it, you better be well steeped in it. It's much easier to work for someone and watch them make mistakes And so you can learn from them rather than going into the business inexperienced and kind of learning things the hard way. So, I mean, it is a craft. I think it's a craft or a vocation, just like plumbing or electrical or whatever. It's something that you really have to start young and you really have to spend your time doing it in order for it to be successful. Not surprising. Megan, is there anything that you would add to in terms of advice you've received or advice you would give to somebody else who was sort of engaging in their own sort of entrepreneurial journey? I think having a partner is good, whether you have an investment partner or a part like, I mean, I'm talking in the sense more of like my husband and I both 
do this together. So he does the things I don't want to do. And I do the things he doesn't want to do within our company. And we also have different expertise. You know, the one thing I, I do hear repeatedly with entrepreneurs is to hire people that know more than you. And that's definitely true. I mean, especially with the media and social media and digital things that have come around having a marketing person, for example, I mean, I'm not great online with those kinds of things. So hiring people that can help us grow people with new ideas. We always kind of, sometimes we feel like we're in our little bubble of what we know and think about what we should be doing with our concept, but we're always open to our team to make suggestions, contribute to the menu, come up with event ideas or anything else in between. But like Colby said, one of the hardest things about the restaurant business is if you haven't been doing it your whole life. And same with Colby. I mean, this is really the only job I've ever had is I've been in restaurants and especially on the culinary side, given the fact that we know food, I, we see a lot of owners that maybe don't have the kitchen side of the expertise. So they don't know when food is off or chefs are doing something different on their menus. So I think it's really a good two-sided way to how we run our company is that we know the front, the business angles, as well as the food to the core. I mean, completely ingrained in the business. Well, so I know you've both been asked this question before, but I have to ask also from each of you, what's your favorite dish to prepare? Colby, why don't you start and talk about the entree side of life? And Megan, you can talk about your favorite dessert to prepare. This is going to be a boring answer, but it really depends on what time of year it is. Okay. <laughs> right now it's it's winter. I love to braise stuff and Dutch ovens and Simple things from maybe lamb shanks or veal shanks to pot roast to stuff like that, that you just want to eat in the winter. It's all root vegetables and warm, especially staring outside with all the snow right now, just warm food. And then I go the opposite direction. As soon as spring hits, it's peas, it's ramps, it's it's morels. It's, so I don't really have favorite dishes, but I have favorite ingredients that are kind of seasonal. And I joke about this all the time, but I'm very organic when I cook in the sense that I don't follow recipes. I just get a bunch of stuff together and I just cut. And that is truly what I enjoy about cooking the very most is just, I don't know what I'm going to do tonight. I've got all this stuff and I'm just going to make something out of it. Braised so. food is definitely my favorite. When Colby <laughs> makes like, I want like asabuco all the time. And he's like, we can't have that. It's the summer. And I'm like, no, no, we can make this. <laughs> but it's like eating bowl soup in 80 yeah. degree weather. I love like overcooked braised meats and dead vegetables, as we call them. Well, like we laugh that <laughs> chefs always say, some chefs will say that braising's kind of over, you're overcooking it forever. But oh, you're making my mouth water, I have to say. So, well, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. What's your, what's your favorite dessert to make, Megan? For dessert, I mean, I love making people birthday cakes. I started with our kids when they were young. It was the only time I could really do like Batman cakes and strawberry shortcake cakes and things that were truly fun for the kiddos. And then, you know, it's always you always light up somebody's face when you think of them and there's a cake with their name on it and candles. But I also like making souffles when they work. <laughs> Sometimes Ooh. they don't always work out. Right. <laughs> the eggs are not happy. Um, but souffles are fun. That's always like a crowd pleaser and good for any time of the year too. So probably my two favorite. We used to do souffles a lot at Blue Stem in the early days. And it was definitely a crowd pleaser. Well, it, bring it back at Rye and I'll come by and I'll let you know how it is. <laughs> I don't know about that there, but I mean, pie is definitely, of course, also well, a favorite. Yeah. But as far as what's ingrained in me at home, those are the two things. Oh, I'll yeah. do souffles for the holidays, so... Oh, that's so fun. So fun. 
Well, there's a, there's a question I ask of every guest who's been on Enterprising, and I want to ask each of you and give you each a chance to respond. And the question is this, if you could have coffee with one person, it could be anybody living, not living, fictional or nonfictional, who would it be and why? Colby, why don't you start us and tell us who you would meet? There's a restaurateur in Chicago. His name's Kevin Bowen. He owns Boca Restaurant Group, and that may sound, I don't know if that's boring or not, but he is no. very, very, very good at the restaurant business. And they've got, I don't know, I feel like they've got like 20 plus stores now mm-hmm. all over the... And I've actually talked to him before. Um, met on, him. We've met him. And I've had a, I've been on the phone with him for, I don't remember what it was for. It was quite a few years ago. But he's somebody that really fascinates me in the business. Yeah, it'd probably be Kevin. Love sure. that. Love that. <laughs> Megan, how about you? My person, I've actually met her as well, but it was briefly, would be Martha Stewart. I mean, I completely adore her through all her ups and downs and prison (laughs) and everything in between. I just think also she's fascinating and she kind of embodies, I love what we do in the restaurant business, but I love just like home decor and interiors and fantasize about having a house in Maine. I mean, all the things that she has and does, I would love to just chat with her and be a part of her world for an hour or a day or something. But yeah, she's fantastic. So fun. That's a great response. Well, I have loved having you both on. As you can tell, I'm a, I'm a fangirl. So uh, you'll be seeing me around for sure. But Megan and Colby Girls of Rye, where can our listeners go to learn more about the two of you and your business? Then go to our website, which is ryekc.com. We also have social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, formerly now X, I guess. And you can find us in Leewood, Kansas, and in Kansas City, Missouri on the plaza, our two locations. Terrific. Thank you both for being on Enterprising Podcast. Absolutely. Thanks Thanks for for having us. us. (laughs) Thanks for joining us this week on Enterprising. Be sure to visit our website, enterprisebank.com slash podcast to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. If you found value in today's program, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or telling a friend about us. Enterprising, powering business leaders, one conversation at a time. The views expressed by enterprising presenters or guests are those of the presenter or guest and not necessarily of Enterprise Bank and Trust or its affiliates. All content of this podcast and any related materials are for informational purposes only. Enterprise Bank and Trust does not make any warranty, express or implied, including warranties of merchantability and fitness for a particular purpose, and specifically disclaims any legal liability or responsibility for the accuracy, completeness, or usefulness of any information presented. Enterprise Bank and Trust is not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided in this podcast. All statements and opinions are subject to change without notice.